Hey. What up, what up? How much? How you doing? Uh, well, I watched some uh, CW, so. Yeah, I like Oh, the... and then I watched Loki. <laughs> yeah, that I haven't gotten to yet. I'm going to go okay. do that when we're done. I, I will uh, reserve all comments until a later time. I think after you watch that one, you're going to be like, yeah, maybe we should do a podcast on it. Because it's that complicated? Uh, complicated is the word we can go with, sure. Okay, yeah, maybe we'll do one later on on that then if we but, um cool so uh welcome to the team podcast my name is john mason by josh Brugner. i am disney cheese nate <laughs> um so we are here to uh our semi-regular cccw um i feel like we want the three of these really short um, yeah, I agree with that. That's fine. Uh, we could start with Flash, I guess. Okay. I mean, I don't even really see any great need to... I mean, normally we do, like, plot breakdowns, but these are so simple. Like, I just don't even really see a need to do that. Uh, like, I think we could do a little bit of a talk on the Legends one. For Flash, it was, you know, this is the time Cisco's really leaving. We so totally swear he won't be back. Yep. Although uh, I... I think I read he's coming back for the season finale, though. Of course, so, that's what I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, anytime anybody leaves this show, they come back unless they're Patty Spivitt. Yeah. yeah. You know what I think I noticed? What this episode made me think of. Like, I missed the point at which Arrow went off the air and they suddenly decided this had to be the dark and brooding show now. Uh, this is the dark and brooding show? Comparative, I mean, Batwoman sucks at it, but I guess that's what they're doing. Yeah, I, I think I, Batwoman tries to be the dark and brooding show. But I mean, suddenly, like, I think they just feel like in this universe, whoever the lead character is has to be the dark and brooding one. Because this one, this week, which was titled, I believe, Goodbye Vibrations, yep. made, me, made me remember when this show was good. Okay. I mean... Not not so much that this one was particularly great, but it just totally reminded me of when this show was good. Yeah, no, I could see that. I mean, it was very uh, stripped down. It was, you know, they were all about, we're, we're reuniting the Ash and uh, Iris was thankfully an afterthought. They um, basically wanted to do a uh, Rainbow Raider episode. And uh, now yep. they have a new one who I believe is like, you know, Prism 2.0 and it's a chick. And instead of fucking with people's emotions, she makes everybody happy and break out into song and dance. Because, you know, that's yeah, their go-to when they have nothing else to do. Wasn't the original Rainbow Raider, I believe the original Rainbow Raider was the first crossover. Yes, he was. It was the first ever Arrow Flash crossover. And uh, as soon as I heard Roy G. Bivolo, I went, holy fuck. <laughs> I and, forgot um, that name was. So at that time, you know, it was 2013, 2014. We were in the height of New 52. So Cisco, back when he was naming all the villains, you know, of course, names him Prism. Um, but then there's like a throwaway line where he's like, you know, or Rainbow Raider, whichever you prefer. Right, right. Yeah, so just really quickly, I mean, the plot of this one was basically 
Cisco finally tells them he's leaving. Uh, apparently he got some kind of job at Argus uh, and is going to go live in Star City, which isn't really that far away. So I mean, I guess he could come back whenever. Um, yeah. Aside from the fact that he can just teleport wherever he wants. Um, so then they decide to, you know, he, Barry and Caitlin and Cisco decide to do one last, one last case together. And that's yep. where they bring in this new Rainbow Raider, who is more of a like Robin Hood sort of thing. In fact, they even call it out as such um, at one point. And I just, you know, it wasn't, as I said earlier, it wasn't on the quality level of some of the better, like, good episodes of the early but it reminded me favorably Well, I mean, you know, the, it was Robin Hood as understood by an idiotic Gen Z millennial. Uh, you know, she's like ripping off hedge funds and shit. Yeah. And what was the whole thing? Like, she used to work for a collection agency. She was like, yeah. Medical, yeah. Giant medical debt. Yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, admirable outside of the context of your job, I guess. Uh, so, you know. But yeah, I did really like this one. It, it, you know, I think all, none of the extra characters that they've added have really well you're you're breaking up a little bit but um what this one made me realize is of all the characters they've added and this includes iris becoming the focus of the show the only one i like the only one that's good and compelling is cecile yep i'll i'll give you that uh and of course we have you know this this thread that's been going around with cecile since they first introduced Psych, and I'm glad that wasn't the end of it, where she's like being haunted by this dark shadow and uh, looking like they're setting up something like Eclipso, or, or um, I can't remember who the other one would be. Did she eat well, uh, I think I think Eclipso is going to be. Yeah, yeah so, so like Iris was all, all you know, to, to Camille, yeah. Yeah. Sister, sister, girlfriend, and she's like, you, you were my best friend, friend. we had to get you out of the very world, world, and I'm going to be lost without you. And it's like, Iris didn't need to be in this episode. Yeah. I know it's incapable said, of the show to, to not include Iris in every fucking scene imaginable, but especially with the focus on, you know, it's just the old school team Flash, Iris did not need to be in this episode. Yeah. Yep. And I would have, I would have rather somehow the time yeah i also i have no idea what they're doing with killer frost to the point where i don't even care like i don't you, think you, they know they, they have caitlin mention that killer frost sends her goodbyes to cisco and it's like why wouldn't she be there why couldn't she just pop out again and yeah that herself just because they probably didn't feel like putting her in the makeup again yeah but it, i like again you know they could have just had her lose her powers they could have merged them, and she lost her powers, and then, you know, we never see her again, or, or you just hear, like, the inner monologue. Oh, just really quick before I forget to mention this, and this has to do with Superman and Lois, which I know we're not given full time to, because only one of us is watching it. Uh-huh. I haven't I haven't watched it. Ah, uh, you're you're breaking up again. Hold on. Okay. Now I got you. Okay. So the big twist was not was not the John Henry Irons thing. Apparently, in this week's show, which I have not watched yet, 
they hit you with the amazing reveal that Morgan is the Kryptonian. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah, they, and apparently, apparently they don't, you know, they cut out what Morgan's name is given. But that's the big thing. All right, then. Watch that one at some point in the next few days and let you know. Yeah, okay. But anyway, we can definitely do that. back to our um, original. If there was anything else we wanted to hit there. Um, I mean, as far as Flash, it was, you know, it was a goodbye Cisco episode. But again, like, so it's going to come back. Yep. I'm also going to try with the remainder of this season, at least, to uh, give Chester a fair shake now that Cisco's gone. Hello. Josh. Oh, well, I can't hear anything from you anymore, so do we want to just, okay, uh, hmm, all right, that's weird, because I still have the recording up, but you kind of dropped out entirely, so it's hard for me to, why don't I just cut the room and we'll try it again. And we're back. Okay, so we'll just pick up right from where we were because I think most of that will still be usable. Um, so the one thing I'm going to forward with this is I'm going to try to give Chester a fair shake now that this goes on. Oh, I was saying that the uh, the scene of him passing the torch, well, I just couldn't watch it. It was fucking unbearable. <laughs> yeah, that actually didn't bother me that much. He usually, you know, we all know that he usually drives me nuts. Yeah. So, um yeah, so I thought that was a solid way to send him off if that's what they're really going to do. Like, you, I don't buy it because they can't even go more than a couple episodes without him coming back or something. Um, yeah. So I guess we should get into Legends now then. Um, I, I just have to say right off the get-go, I do not give a flying shit about Astra at all. So, like, so I could, but the way that they... The way they left her, I was like, all right, I I was on board at the end of last season. And then I thought she was just gone from the show completely. Yeah. Uh, and then this kind of turned into an Astra episode. And what they went, the direction they went in, I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Speaking of yeah. direction, I'm not sure if you were aware. Uh, this one was directed by Katie Lutz. I and, I'm not uh, sure if that's the first one she's directed or not, but uh, no, I think she's done like three or four total. Okay, yeah, um, no, I didn't know that. As far as the the writing, um, so there's there's one thing I want to get out of the way before we get into the Astra stuff because that could have been another episode in another season entirely. Yeah. Um. 
Now, as you remember, I had told you guys about the Avengers Assemble show, the cartoon, which was fucking great. And they were basically Is that the one after, it, huh? Is that one after Earth Mightiest Heroes? Yes, yes, it's the one with the uh, the Chris Redfield Captain America. Okay. Um. So they they basically like the first couple seasons are really good. They're more in line with the comics, and then once it went to what they called Ultron Unlimited, every season got a subtitle, and it really just tried to become the MCU. And they were basically using it as like a soft probing ground for what they were going to do a little bit in the comics, but more the MCU itself and in TV shows. That's been my theory. I'm convinced. Anyway, season four, they decided to do their own take on Secret Wars. And of course, that included the Beyonder. But the late 70s, mid 80s Beyonder is apparently not relevant today. So they made him a cosmic being sjw hipster sound familiar (laughs) (laughs) so we got our big bad for legends and uh bishop i mean bad is definitely the right word yeah i mean i feel like this isn't too far off of um you know i mean it i don't get it i really don't like so, so for me, this is like the one thing they could have done that made everything we've talked about for this season even worse. The only thing that I hate more than nondescript hum, non-humanoid aliens is when they're revealed to be humans. Yeah. I just like considering how – I think the thing for me is like considering how far away this show is getting from – anything have and i still enjoy it but how far away this show is getting from anything having to do with the comics anymore like you had a real opportunity to make the central bad guy of this season some big comic thing and it's just some dude with a man bun like what the fuck name bishop of all things yep um so yeah when when he unveiled his master plan and it was the race of uh alien spider people that looked like what Gary is now. I just, I rolled my eyes as hard as I possibly could. And I was like, this is terrible. Uh, yep. So basically we find out like the, well, we'll get to the Astro thing. Cause I guess that's the brunt of the episode. You have two parts to this episode. You have what's happening to Astra, which was bizarrely directed because basically we haven't seen her since either last season or the very start of this season. And she kind of just went off to Constantine's house. Um, And you you get the sense that, like, she's moving through, I guess, real time of the season. Because you see Constantine just keeps teleporting in and out in different outfits. Uh, You see different intervals of him with uh, Zari and, you know, Astra is is going through a, a very noticeable number of days to the point where it would at least be months. Uh, yep. you know, not paying the electric bill and then your alarm clock is going off every day. Uh, so you get the sense of this is what Astra has been doing all along. The other part of the episode is, of course, following Sarah, who, you know, we thought she was turning into like space venom knockoff. I guess venom is space venom. So that didn't make sense. But I'm driving. Um, cool. And then it just you find out she was poisoned and she gets on that's totally not the Beyonders. And uh, he gives her an antidote, and then he basically tells her that 
he kidnapped her because he's making a race of alien human hybrids to be fighters because in the future humanity will destroy the planet not climate change and she wants to train them no he wants her to train them rather so they stole this idea from Eva clone and like they they tried to basically rip off the movie ex machina which is a great movie and i mean even the guy looked like oscar isaac in that movie and it just it was fucking weird so we, we can come back to that but the astra thing man <laughs> um so where where do we start with this one um she has a racist neighbor yeah what and, the hell uh, would like astra was the yeah. queen of hell you think that either she would be so far removed from the concept of racism or she would be on board with it or she just wouldn't care <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i don't know i just I don't need to see. I mean, I, and I guess this show is is generally the funnier one, but I don't need to see bad sitcom writing on this show. You know, like I agree. I, I thought I thought we were past that with this. <laughs> I I thought like you had said that this one was either going to be like a you know real world road rules in Constantine's house with all the legends, or and or it was going to be like a Disney movie parody and it was neither yeah. but tried to be both for like a split second and failed yeah. hard and I, I I felt like I was sold sold something completely different that sucked because like I wanted that real world thing where they're all stuck in the house with him yeah that would have been great and like instead it. they do like mock beauty and the bees she she frees the Aleister Crowley painting. He shows up in Constantine's body for some reason. Yep. Constantine is I, then trapped in a painting, but they both look like him. And then, like, the legends show up in, in real time of, you know, they, they left. They were going to his house. And, I mean, like, fake Zari didn't know where he lived, but they're, like, in an exclusive relationship. That was retarded. Yeah. I also, and, and they I didn't did... need to say that. Like, we knew that time was passing, so they could have just shown up. And that would have been it. And they're like, "No, we've been wandering around for hours." It's like, "What?" And then I do uh, want I do want to give them credit for the I do want to give them credit for the literary reference at least. For the what? The whole for the literary reference, the whole thing with the painting and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. With the Dorian Gray comparison, of course. But you know, then then, I feel uh, like no one actually reads, so they didn't know what the reference would have been. I mean, there are movie adaptations of Dorian Gray. I've got a pretty great one. But, you know, yeah. beyond that, she turns them into, you know, totally not Beauty and the Beast household items slash implements. And oh, come on. Barad was Lumiere, for God's sakes. I know. And, and so Barad, like, takes the charge of basically being Nate. And I'm listening, and I'm like, that's not Nate. And then Nate was Captain America Cheese. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> Yeah, and what Zari was a phone, right? Like I mean, making that phone, version really of Zari a flip phone was pretty funny, but it was like a one and yeah. done joke, and that was it. And then, of course, they turned um, they they turned totally not Jessica Cruz into Cogsworth, but she was a, a wise talking fork. A fork, yeah. And then Ava was just a binder. I thought it was bizarre. Yeah. 
So, uh, you know. I mean, I mean the, the whole episode was terrible. And knowing who Astra was and the powers that she had, yeah. like, she never would have fallen for any of that. It, it was just bizarre. <laughs> Although there is one thing I think is going to have some consequence going forward, at least. It seems like John's going to have to start over from the beginning with the magic shit now. So that's what I wanted to get into, because obviously that's the part that pissed me off the most. Um, I am a huge, huge Hellblazer fan. And this version of Constantine, aside from the fact that he's not just perpetually drinking and smoking, but, you know, I understand he can on network TV, um, has been like, you know, the best. Absolutely nailed it. Oh, yeah. They set up this weird fucking dynamic where, you know, he had been friends with Astra's mother, and now they were, like, star-crossed lovers to the point where she was his apprentice, and she made this spell that basically was going to take him out. And what he says is is basically true. Um, You know, he said, like, she feared that if I ever overdosed on black magic, she would need to stop me. So the way that magic works in DC and Vertigo, definitely most comics, is akin to like drug addiction. And the, the more dark yeah. arts you do, um, physically, mentally, whatever. Um, so knowing Constantine, it's not going to be a slow progression. It's going to be he basically starts throwing in with this Aleister Crowley painting and, and trying to find the, uh, the fastest, quickest route which is going to take him to this totally not the beyonder guy. And it's going to be fucking stupid. Yep. Uh, the other thing is, was, and I only watched, I remember the, the NBC show where Matt Ryan started the role. Uh-huh. Uh, was Astra's mother, his weird sidekick on that show? Um, I only ever watched the first episode, so I don't remember. Okay, I I might have I might have watched like two or three of them before I realized this is good, but it's gonna get canceled. Yeah, so I'm just gonna stop. Um, so yeah, I just like the bad guy is lame. Uh, I feel like the rest of the stuff was just time filler. Um, just kind of like look at all this, even though it means nothing. Um, you know, I don't know. At least there's no Gary. There was no Gary, and it still was awful. Um, and then there's the whole Ava thing. It's like if you make the premise all Avas are clones, you know, like we need to find out that like our Ava is different somehow. Because if right. it's just going to be like they're all clones, and even her has like this fail save. Where the Beyonder but, guy can just like turn her off or turn her against Sarah. Does, it's doesn't like he that also has no mean, personhood. Doesn't that also mean that this guy would have had to at some point work time barrel? Because I mean, the they they really didn't explain it because Ava's from the future, and his whole sales pitch about like humanity is going to destroy the Earth is from the future. But Sarah's not in the future, or maybe she is. I don't know. They were on a time ship. Maybe yeah. in the future and in space. But I, I like thought the whole this... the whole space angle didn't make sense on a time show to begin with, and now yeah. it makes even less sense. This actually, I I didn't think they could do anything on this show that would be more senseless than all the magical creature shit was, and they've managed to do it. 
See, the magical creature shit didn't bother me because it was just over-the-top insanity. And yes. they'd already laid the groundwork for years with, you know, demons, demonology, Damien Dark, Nora Dark. Then they had, um, I forget if they used Neuron or not. but Yeah, Neuron was the demon that was okay. right at the end. Okay, yeah, I couldn't remember which demon it was. Uh, and then, of course, they had the whole Astra thing and, and the re-returners. So that I was fine with. But the alien shit, it, it's like, you know, what do you do with Constantine? And now we got the answer to that. And, you know, once you do your Monster of the Week aliens, what is it all leading to? Oh, well, it was Secret Wars all along. Yeah, and this weird, like, douchey hipster guy. Um, yeah. If, if this guy is the Beyonder, can we have Spider-Man swing in and teach him how to go to the bathroom? Well, he was on Batwoman, which that's a perfect segue to get into that one because, oh, oh. my God, what a shit show. Oh, my God. Can I just, uh, like, I thought they, the agenda hammer couldn't be any worse than last week. <laughs> and, and they, they did it. They did, I mean, I was watching it on, um, I, I went back to actual physical work in my office this week. And uh, before that, I went, in, uh, went back last Wednesday, uh, I watched this one on one of the days where I was still working at home. And Corey could hear me screaming every 10 minutes. Yep. I was just so like, okay, well. We'll blow through the plot real quick. I'm leaving out any of the Alice shit except for the very end. I don't really care. Um, here's my other question that I that I'm not sure I remember. Wasn't the wolf spider guy dead? No. Okay, I thought he got killed. No, he okay. got hit by a car, lightly tapped, and then he was in the hospital. Um, okay. Was he a friendly? Was he an ally with all of them? No. Yeah, that's the an art scene that they didn't trust anymore. Um, so this picks up from uh, last week, obviously, with Luke being shot. And so it goes between uh, he's in the hospital in a coma, he's pretty messed up. So this idea to get the the lesbian blood flower to him. Whatever. Um, right. So while that's going on, Ryan's all upset because she's responsible for it because of the way she acted towards him in the previous episode, which actually makes a lot of sense because she was an asshole. And maybe uh, that actually did sort of make him do this thing that he normally wouldn't have done. But I could have done about the, the acting of that scene, like at all, where she's unburdening to Sophie about how she feels terrible because he's going to die and it's her fault. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh my god, can you stop? <laughs> and like, I've given her a lot of credit in past weeks because I don't fault her for the shitty writing that they're giving her. But this was like, this was an opportunity to actually do something viable, and she was like screaming, and, and it just made me want to put a hammer through my eye. It was just awful. Um... And then, so they get, they they try to get the Desert Rose stuff to him, but because, I guess we have to get into the, the evil crow stuff of it all now. So you find out that that guy Tavarov has like a deposition about the, what occurred 
in that shooting. And here's where I hung up, okay? They established, we know that the crows are like a private security thing. Uh-huh. Right? Jacob is their primary founder slash owner and whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so they have this hearing where Tavaroff explains, yeah, he had a gun and he, uh, he turned and went to shoot me, so I shot him first. And Jacob goes, basically says, I'm sorry, that's bullshit. I know this guy. He's more likely to, like, smack you on the head with a keyboard than he is to shoot you. Uh, I think you're full of shit. And then the other two guys who are on this panel are just like, oh, well, you should be commended for your bravery because he was a big, scary black guy. And this guy basically gets away with lying. And the owner of the fucking company sits there ineffectually like a dickhead. <laughs> and oh, I'm just like, I have the... <laughs> Go. And I'm, and I'm just like, wait a minute. This guy owns this thing. Why can't he just be like, I know you're lying. Get the fuck out of here. Like, Which they're he not does the end cops. up doing, but... Right, but why... But you have to throw in some... You have to have some scene later where... Sophie basically yells at him for not being woke enough when he's already thinking this. Like, really? And then, you know, they are so committed to this. Every, you know, when I say they, I mean these terrible writers are so committed to this. Every white person in authority is fucking evil jag that they're on, right? So Tavrov and his, his guys, he apparently has a whole group of guys that they've never mentioned before now that I'm aware of, um, they come up with this idea to Photoshop the body cam footage so that it looks like Luke has a gun. Yep. Right. And that, that I get like, fine, you want to do that. Sure. But then they go the extra step to prove that all white people in authority are fucking evil. That almost made me throw something through my television of they, they somehow made this fake gun tied to an actual gun used in a robbery. Right. So when when he wakes up from whatever they do to him in the hospital, he's going to fucking prison. Right. And it's like, what the fuck? So, uh, let, let's see. So Ryan starts the episode not knowing what happened to Luke and jumps right. to the conclusion of, oh, thing. it must have been the carjacker. Uh, she then, yep. of course, is a terrible oh, person. Oh, that, that was the third thing that pissed me off. They don't even try to go after the white guy. Right. Like, they don't even make any effort to apprehend the white guy. He just runs away. Right. Like, really? Well, so uh, Ryan Ryan says, you know, who did it? And Mary's explaining, and she's like, well, he was trying to stop this carjacker. And she's like, you know, the guy who was in holding with you, this guy, Eli something. And she goes, I remember white boy. As as she says this, Sarah wants this on the record. Sarah lets out an exasperated sigh, and Julius, our orange cat, had walked into the room, and he sometimes has some uh, throw-up issues. He he walks onto the rug, and he just started coughing up a hairball. And Sarah oh, said God. it was obviously directly tied to that dialogue in Batwoman. I think the season finale, we have to actually, we have to watch it live, and actually just do a podcast and just put our reactions on here. I I think we can arrange that because yes. Um, so 
then they they hammer in another joke and i put joke in air quotes that they've been trying uh their audience if there is an audience besides us and other youtube reviewers are are not let's say clever enough to understand that a group of crows is of course called a murder so they keep trying to make this really forced joke that this corrupt private security firm is a murder because they are murdering people again roping this in with you know i would say unsubstantiated and widely exaggerated uh commentary on real world police here's the problem we together went through a a beautiful uh tapestry of framing their bullshit narrative for them last week and how it would have been better in this one episode, they undo all of their anti-cop propaganda bullshit because we find out it's not the Crows. It's just Tavarov and these three guys. And then they even say, oh, this is exactly like what happened with that guy from last year, Robles, who, of course, uh, killed Luke Fox, or Lucius Fox. And, they, and okay. they even say that. They're like, oh, it's just like Robles all over again. So they're, they're taking the onus off of the Crows organization, putting it on them. Now, full credit to Brent Perry, because, you know, I'm on the record of I'm not the biggest Batman fan, more of a Bat Family fan. I'm guessing this was anywhere from late 80s, early 90s, or even more recent. Uh, Tavarov is a villain. I was thinking they were going for lockup. I couldn't remember Oh, he called up that name. person, right? Right. So he said, this is, this is Menace. And, um, you know, I doubt it'll come into play. I think they just skimmed the Wikipedia article. But apparently he was all tied into Snakebite, and it was his, like, discount Venom. Yep. Um, here's another, And here's another thing that we haven't gotten into. Yeah. This episode is also interspersed with, like, Luke and metaphysical purgatory. Yeah, where he sees so, Bruce fucking Wayne, which made no sense. Yep. And, yeah, and he even asked the question, like... And I was asking myself this question. If I'm seeing you here, aren't, he's talking to Bruce, and he says, if I'm seeing you here, are you dead? Right. And he doesn't say. But the big thing that I got out of this, and I can't help thinking they're going to, you know, this is going to be Luke's big thread throughout the remainder of the season because it doesn't seem like, I think they're going to save the actual Batwing suit bit for the last one of the year. Uh-huh. Um, Luke wants to die. By the end of that. Yeah. He wanted to go see his father. Yeah. Which, He's so, literally like, I don't give a shit about Gotham anymore. It's, it's beyond fixing. I just want to die. Right. <laughs> so if, if, another, a number of things that are, that are, let's just say wrong here. Um, if it was his subconscious, which is what this Bruce stand in says, it wouldn't be the afterlife. Lucius Fox wouldn't be there. If it was the afterlife, which it was, Bruce wouldn't be there. They, they yep. basically used a very commonly used CW Arrowverse uh, setting of, you know, people are between life and death, and we're going to put them in a familiar set, and they'll see dead people. Uh, and it's, you know, the crossroads of will they come back to the world of the living, or will they go on? And usually it makes sense, because it's either just in the afterlife, or it's something like wonky, like a simulation. With this one, they were like, nah, fuck it. We'll just say it's both and nobody will care. 
Yeah. Um, and there's some Alice and Ocean shit, and beyond the fact that there's she's there's Alice and Ocean care. shit, and again, she even says to him, she's like, "If you loved me, you'd want me to have my sister too." And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> yep. I aside from the fact that she's kind of hot, like I just don't care anymore. Like and I don't. Then they have a a fourth scene with her and Mary, where they're like, you know, well, if you think about it, we are sisters. And I hate you. You killed my mom, but I heard you're in love. So you go get him. Everyone deserves love. Because <laughs> everyone deserves that, even the psychos. <laughs> and it's like Alice is a mass murdering psychopathic villain. You cannot redeem this character. Stop trying. Stop telling yeah. everybody that she was just mind controlled. Then, of course, well, she tells good. everyone that Kate is alive and she's trying to get her back. And uh, here's what they did not count on, and they didn't... Also, I forgot Sophie quit. Apparently, Sophie quit. Yeah, she did that at the end of last week's, I believe. Okay, I didn't remember that. Well, it was two weeks ago, but yeah, or three weeks ago. Um, well, there, so, there was a break in between. So, right. yeah. so, so Jacob does finally confront Tavarov and his gang. Sophie says to him, you know, like, you were complicit in manufacturing things and you know this is the same thing over again and jacob says well if we're this fucking corrupt maybe it's time for the crows to end that's fine sure tavarov then goes full fucking comic book supervillain, and is like all right you're not the boss here he pistol whips him knocks him out which again private security firm number one in the world everybody gets jumped in the car park the director has been knocked out drugged kidnapped beaten god knows what so many times don't would ever hire these people ever again yep so now we're dealing with a citywide cover-up like jacob has given a press conference saying this happens repeatedly they would be banned from gotham they would be you know losing their stock it would be a worldwide front page and tavarov is just like i'm gonna state this coup um yep he then tells his his cronies he's like you know we're gonna kill jacob kane that's how we'll get away with it. So number one, they're not going to get away with it at that point. Number two, this is not the police. Let's say, you know, you have a situation like uh, a, a far better thing than Batwoman. I never thought I'd bring it up on this show, but, you know, L.A. Confidential. You have dirty cops who some are maybe caught, some are not. But if they get away with it, the LAPD endures. The police force will continue. Right. If the Crow's commander and founder is shot dead, the man has a will. The company is going to go to Mary. Mary is going to shut that shit down and fire Tavarov in like 20 minutes. Holy fuck, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> right? Like no one did. Because oh they God. think it's the fucking police. Well, I was even thinking just in terms of like, uh, if they kill him, if these guys kill him, like, how do you then explain that? Like, right. I, their plan was he was a drug addict, so he got shot. Yeah, but no one knew that. Right. I mean, it's not like it was public knowledge that he was on the snake bite junk. You right. know? Jesus Christ. So lazy. Um,. How, uh, do what are there like three of these left? We think maybe by now. I think so I don't know, but that's uh, uh, that's, that's twenty nine minutes. I say we call it there. It's so lazy. I can't even, you know. 
Like, and I definitely think they're going to, you know, the big thing with Luke until they give him the bat, the bat wing suit is he's going to be like, why'd you, why'd you bring me back? I wanted to die. Yeah. No, you're giving them too much credit. This is Batwoman. They, they wrote Ryan a relationship that didn't exist that we had never seen. Luke is never going to mention that shit ever again. Yeah. Um, actually, Alice actually did call out because of the last scene is, uh, you know, Jacob's in the parking structure again, and Luke, uh, Alice just kind of shows up in his car again. Yep. And she even calls out, like, the the security in this parking garage sucks. It's a yep. miracle that you still even function. So in their desperate attempt to keep uh, Alice and Jacob Kane on this show, uh, they're going to have them go looking for Kate again. <laughs> Yeah, and if you saw the uh, the promos, they're showing the new Kate actress who's noticeably taller, uh, without the and mask. Has- now, now having a, a non burnt face, and she looked like the worst cosplay I've ever seen, crossed with uh, Jeff Bridges from Tron Legacy CGI. Oh Lord, yeah. Although next week, oh, by David Ramsey, I am yes excited for that at least uh yes. the, this is the beginning of the the thing where he's apparently going to show up on all the shows in the next couple of months um yep the, this is gonna, our crossover i guess yep. he's going to be on legends in some capacity i'm pretty sure they say he's going to be on flash again uh i wouldn't be shocked if he shows up on superman and lois somehow um yeah so i'm at least excited for that i think from the promos and stuff it looks like Diggle might give Luke the speech that's going to make him do the Batwing thing. Yep. But, um, so I'm at least excited for that. The rest of it I can take or leave. Yep. Uh, you know. But thankfully there's not much of it left of this year, I don't think. And I still I still think they're either going to punt, punt Ryan off to Legends or kill her. And then uh, the new Kate person will be in the front of the show again next year. Probably. Because, I mean, at least you can point to uh, the ratings were at least decent with the Kate Kane character. And, you know, they're probably looking at how far in the toilet uh, they, 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 they weren't decent. They were always bad, but not this bad. Right, but, I mean, the first couple at least were over a million. and Because well, it was the first episodes of a new show. Yeah, and then you weren't, like, you know, every week. I think during season one, at least, every week was not, hey, these are the worst ratings we've ever had. Yay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Superman and Lois was not, was not much this week. They did have a direct call out to me dying laughing. Uh, oh, yeah. Irons almost killed him, almost killed Clark with the spear. The- uh, That's great. And then... Uh, even though everyone around him has been saying, oh yeah, this version of Clark might not be awful, it finally took that same speech from Lois to get him to be like, yeah, maybe you're right. Okay. Um, so, but they have set up that, you know, he was married to Lois on his own world, so maybe that meant something, and then she was able to get get to him in a way that other people wouldn't be. Um, oh, there was... There was one thing that I want to mention, even though we did uh, really, we don't give full the Superman and Lois writers had another case of, and they haven't had this in a while, another case of the 
how this works award. Um, apparently, is a musical genius. Okay. Because uh, there was a whole side plot about uh, Lana's daughter was auditioning for the school musical thing, and she whole audition with a conservative McDouchebag, and then conservative McDouchebag gets pissed because he thinks Morgan Edge is going to give him a job, which he doesn't do, so then he goes off to the bar and blows off this audition thing, and John and Jordan are there, and uh, I don't want to do it without my father, um, because you know I'm, I'm nervous singing in front of large numbers of people, and the fact that he was there actually calmed me down somewhat, so I was able to do it. So then Jordan says, oh, I can just do it, you know, and he says, and she says, oh my God, and he says something like, oh, I'll just figure out the chords or whatever. So like, and I'm, I was a choir kid in high school, so maybe this hit me more than it would hit somebody else. Mm-hmm. He literally went up on stage, sat down, sat down at a piano with no sheet music, they had no. They had no conversation where he would actually know what she was performing, and he just plays perfectly. So unless, so unless one of his Kryptonian powers was fucking mind reading, I don't know how he did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah, they, they I, seem not to know a lot about a lot of things. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as it wasn't as egregious as all the. The stuff they should know about journalism, considering that their number two character on this show is a journalist, um, and I do think I do think there's a whole uh, Lois's father turning on him thing. Yeah, because there was a whole thing where uh, they had irons in in uh, they had irons on lockdown, and then one of the one of the possessed Kryptonian human lets him out, and. Uh, Clark has to go down and stop it. And uh, they end up in one of the areas where they're doing doing experiments on kryptonite. And the father tells him this and says, you know, don't go down there because you'll die. You know, so he doesn't anyway. But, you know, if if I thought they were still going to do the thing where the dad turns on him, he probably would have just let that happen. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that one one has become my favorite show of all these right now. Just because it, it may not be the greatest thing in the world, but it's at a consistently higher quality level than the rest of them. At yeah. So, yeah. All right, I think we're good, right? Yeah, no, I mean, let me know about the Eagle uh, episode, if it's any good for Super and Lars. I might check that one out. But, yeah, otherwise, until next time, my friend. Yep, I think it'll be next week because it looks like everything's running as usual. Yeah. Um, so we'll figure out a night to do that. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Basis. Yep. Night.